Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, go, going through what Monica goes through, I think you, you really want to do that storyline justice, you know? to start this introduction with a question. Do you feel like you really know who Rip Wheeler is? We're four seasons and some change into Yellowstone, and in many ways, he's a mystery man. I mean, is Rip even his real name? But in others, he's so much like real men we all know that it's like we've known him for years. I'm Addison Hager, and after today, you may know Rip a little better, but just a little. Taste of Country Sterling Whitaker talked to Cole Hauser and asked about his character's future, as well as his relationship with Carter, played by Finn Little. He also had time with Luke Grimes, who plays Casey Dutton on Yellowstone. Both actors were as open as they could be about the tragedy that befell their characters at the end of episode one of season five. Kelsey even talks a little bit about how she approached the scene and her character storyline. Sterling has been our go-to for cast interviews since Dutton Rule started before season four of Yellowstone. He's spoken to those actors before, as well as Sam Elliott, Faith Hill, and Tim McGraw. We'll step away from the interview on several occasions to talk about what we just heard and to add some context and detail since the interviews took place before Season 5 premiered. Find more in the archives and then tap follow and leave a 5-star rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcast. Another recap episode will come on Monday with more interviews next week, but let's talk Rip, Casey, Monica, and more right now. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, Addison, how are you today? I'm good. I This is our first interview episode so far this season. I'm excited. I loved having you on last season. You're kind of our, our go-to man for all the Yellowstone <laughs> cast, <laughs> the speaker of the cast. So I'm excited that this is our first episode for season five. I'm pumped to ask you all the questions. It's really, yeah. <laughs> it's really what I'm excited for. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, it was great to get to do these interviews for sure. Would you say, you know, sometimes when you, I know for me at least when, you know, interviewing an artist or interviewing anyone, you know, the first time around you kind of get to know that person's personality a little bit more. So you know, kind of know, okay, second time around this person, you know, is more of an introvert. This is how I'm going to interact. You know, you just learn people better. Would you say, because you've interviewed, you know, Kelsey, Luke, uh, Cole, you've interviewed them all before, so this is kind of the second time around. What was that interview process like for you the second time around? You know, it's really weird. I wasn't sure how these were going in the moment mm -hmm. when I was doing them because 
these junkets. So it's a different company running the junkets this year. And as a consequence, it's a different process than last year. And you, they were putting you in a little virtual rate waiting room last year. And right. this year you were moving yourself from room to room and they were typing little notes in a box to you. And so oh. you can see, if you look at the video, you can see that I'm flicking my eyes to the side all the time. And I'll, yeah. I was getting really enormously distracted by the fact that people were typing messages in this box while I'm trying to talk, you know? And so oh. I really came away from these interviews thinking, man, what if that was a disaster, mm. you know? And so I was pleasantly surprised when I got them back and it turned out that they were actually pretty good. Yeah, you did a really – it was fun watching and I'm excited for the listeners to listen to these interviews in just a little bit. But it was fun just getting to see kind of the cast members interact with you. Definitely definitely really fun and it, it felt it felt natural. Obviously, I wasn't there, but I can tell you it felt <laughs> – it for sure felt natural. To, to your earlier point about it being the second time, it's interesting because Cole was very, very different this time. Really? Uh, and I and I, I didn't really catch it in the moment, but looking back at it, I showed it to my wife, actually, yeah. and she said, you know, he's a lot more natural and friendly with you this time. It's like he remembers you. Hmm. And I thought, you know, that's kind of true. He's a little more engaging and a little bit less rip and a little <laughs> bit more Cole, you know, in this interview. Than the one I did last season. So that was one interesting point. Well, I'm excited to kind of to that to that point. I have a few questions a little bit later before we get into his interview, but that that makes so much more sense than with kind of where my brain was headed when I was watching the interviews. But before we dive into all of that, did for you, Sterling, did having knowledge of what, you know, Luke, Kelsey, and Cole told you ahead so be just for a little bit of context, you did these interviews before the premiere of season five happened. You you watched yeah. the screeners, but you know season five hadn't happened yet. You you know going into actually the premiere of season five, watching all four episodes, and having previously interviewed the cast, did you watch it differently? Oh, absolutely. I've been sitting here for several weeks now. <laughs> I won't spoil it for, for, for what is, is coming ahead in, in the interviews. But there was one thing that Kelsey said in particular that I've been like, come on, man, they got to air this at some point because <laughs> we've been sitting on it for a while. So I've been like, come on, say it, say it. <laughs> you know? right, you're and there's like... stuff like that. And there's, yeah, there's benchmarks like that in, in every interview. Some of the Cole stuff that he told me, uh, happened almost immediately hmm. you know so you you start to see what's unfolding as to what they said and you you start to say aha so there's been all these little aha moments for me in the first four episodes and probably less of you know here i am bracing for impact and you're already you know cool as a cucumber you're like yeah i knew this was happening <laughs> old news next <laughs> <laughs> ho hum <laughs> well, <laughs> well kelsey asville and luke grimes i'd say out of the two interviews or two because Luke and Kelsey, you know, interviewed together. Uh, they, I feel like they had the most to say about their characters and what's to come. But I did think what Cole Hauser said about his character Rip and his relationship with Carter, which for me, I've personally, you know, been very focused on. Uh, Carter's played by Finn Little. It was really insightful. Can you speak a little bit to that? Well, you know, it's actually a piggyback of a question I asked Kelly Riley last year, because uh, I asked her last season what she felt Beth had to offer 
as some sort of mentor or parental figure mm-hmm. for, for Finn Little. And that went off into a whole thing about, well, is she going to be a parent and, you know, and, and all that. And when we left off season four, we'd seen what had been a sort of really difficult relationship between Rip and Carter, yeah. you know, getting a lot warmer because the, the, the card scene and the bunkhouse and all that. And he was like, wow, this kid's pretty cool actually. And he was teaching him how to tie some knots and stuff. And, uh, and so, um, you know, you, it, I figured that picking up this season that there would be more of that. And mm-hmm. so it was really just kind of a fishing trip. The, the question that I asked was really just one of those fishing trips that you take. And his answer was great. You know, his answer was really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, again, it's a slow burn. Um, you know, Rip's not just going to open the floodgates and, hey, come here, kid. You know, I mean, it's, it's always going to be a little bit of tough love. But that's the way he was raised. And he was raised by John that way. And I think that that's consistent to who he is as a person. With such an unusual background of his own, what does he have to offer Carter in terms of being a mentor or father figure? What do you see as his best qualities? I mean, work ethic is a huge one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, uh, consistency of character, um, loyalty, honor, friendship. You know, I mean, there's there's a ton of things that he has. Um, and also, you know, being a great horseman and understanding the land and, you know, where you are and where you fit within, you know, the ranch and the pecking order. I mean, there's tons of stuff that's that's really juicy this year with us. You know? That exchange was 52 seconds long, and it's about as long as a response as you're going to probably get from Cole about anything. Sterling, <laughs> I'm truly, I was surprised how complete and articulate his answer was to this question of, does what does Rip have to offer? You know, it was definitely, it almost felt like one that he, he had, you know, maybe emotionally sat on a little bit. What What did you think when you heard his response? It's interesting because um, it was a little bit of a, of a litany of the same qualities that he listed last year hmm. when I asked him what women like so much about the character <laughs> of Rip. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, it, it's interesting. Part of an actor's prep is what they call defending the character, mm-hmm. you know? In other words, you're never supposed to see your character as bad. You you always see the motivation of the character. Yeah. And so in Cole's case, I think part of his prep is seeing those good qualities mm-hmm. in Rip. I think he really is trying to focus on the admirable qualities of the character, you know, and, and he's got a big, long list of them. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and especially when, you know, he seems to be more of like a method, method actor. Do you feel, you know, I, I think it was last season you had an interview with uh, Luke Grimes who plays Casey and he kind of said, you know, it's it's hard for him to disconnect from the character and not bring it home. Do you feel like when you were interviewing Cole, did he embody, and you actually just kind of said this where you feel like this time around interviewing him, he was was less rip-like, but do you feel like there's any, (laughs) uh, either of these, you know, these three actors or I guess any, any of them in the franchise, but um, that, that their characters more fully formed or they're just kind of, you know, making it up as, as they go. It seems like all of these people, um, I I think it's all a lot of prep work because this really is a character driven show more than it is a plot driven show. Yeah, absolutely. And that's true of all of Taylor Sheridan's work, you know, cause he, he, he's always said he doesn't like exposition. He likes to keep simple plots so he can develop more complex characters. And so, 
with Cole, especially one thing that I still haven't asked him and I'm kicking myself, but you know, you get in there and there's limited time. You don't get to every question. Right. One thing that I still want to ask him is how important the actual gear is to creating the character of Rip because Hmm. the jacket, the glasses, the hat and all that. Yeah. Because if you speak to him when he's wearing more of it, he also takes on more of Rip's persona. Interesting. And if you speak to him when he's wearing less of it, he's more himself. And and I've seen that and I've noticed it in other interviews, not just mine, you know. Interesting. No, that's so true because before this podcast, I, I listened to and watched your interviews. And I it's funny that you say that because mm-hmm. I did feel like, you know, Luke Grimes, I feel like he is Casey. Like, you know, even how he talks, kind of his demeanor, right, like right. he is, he is Casey. Where yeah. Rip, I, I could totally see that of just a different he seemed at least when i watched it a little bit more boy like is not the probably the correct word but just a little bit maybe more tender where you know where he, if he had all his rip persona right. paraphernalia on it's a little bit more you know rough and tough and that's an interesting definitely next time you i'll, I'll remind you next time you get to talk to him number one question <laughs> that's a good but that's so insightful yeah. though that's that's a good thought process of yeah interesting very very interesting well, I'll come back to Cole in a moment, but I do want to pivot real quick to Luke Grimes and Kelsey Aspill. In some ways, all of these actors, like we had just talked about, are like their characters, especially, and you kind of had talked about how this time around Rip was, I mean, Rip, hello, as I'm doing it, Cole. <laughs> <laughs> Cole is not as much like Rip, but when you're getting to talk to all three of them, how much are you feeling like, man, this is, I'm talking to Monica right now, or ooh, I'm talking to, you know, Casey. What is that like for you? You know, it's it's really interesting, especially with Kelsey. I've interviewed her, this is the third time. Yeah. And she was very different this time. The first time I spoke to her last season, we got off to kind of a comical start. And as a result, that was a really lighthearted interview. Uh-huh, and she's a more lighthearted person than than Monica by a pretty wide mile anyway. What's really interesting about this interview is that she has such a difficult story arc this year. Hmm. It's visibly impacted the way she's giving interviews. You know, this is a much, much, much more serious interview than uh, the other two interviews I've done with her. And with Luke, you know, it's just interesting because he's, his voice is slightly different than the characters. He pitches it downward for the character a bit and his Posture is a little bit different, but it really is like looking through the camera at, at Casey. And, it, and he's a lot more humorous, but not in this particular interview, you know, because again, this is a very serious arc for their family this year. Well, yeah. And, and to that point, obviously, you know, so far, Casey and Monica, I mean, very, like you said, heavy plotline. We're only, you know, four episodes in of losing a baby. And, um, you know, Kelsey does speak in length to you about Monica and Casey losing this baby and kind of what the future holds for them after this, you know, her response was very much so why we've, why we've been holding, holding these interviews is because it would definitely be a a spoiler until recent episodes. I I do have a a question for you um, about what she said, but first let's hear Kelsey talk about the funeral scene between her and Kevin Costner. Uh, You know, I think there's a really, definitive moment for Monica um actually when she speaks to John Dutton um at the funeral and Mm -hmm. 
I think it's in that moment that she chooses life, you know? Uh, Sterling, you know, after hearing that, do you, where she was saying that she's decided to choose life, do you think Monica was considering taking her own life? I really don't know. Hmm. I I don't think we've seen anything quite that dark to suggest that this season, at least not to my mind, but it's impossible to say. It's, It's more like, I think maybe we can expect her to brighten up a little bit and just not spend her days in such total despair, which has been the first four episodes of this, this season, you know, has has been an incredibly difficult character arc for her. And, and I've, I really think we've seen Kelsey give the best performances that she's given on this show. You know, she's performed mostly in no makeup in these big close-ups. There's no way to hide behind your appearance, you know, and that sort of thing. Uh, Really, really, um, sort of inward acting rather than Mm. outward acting that we've seen her do this year. And is she, I mean, this would be a question that not to tangent too much, but a question to ask her, because she's not, she doesn't have any children, right? I don't know. She does not. Okay. Because I am curious, you know, of when we uh, talked about 1883, you know, how I had said, you know, it's Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Are they essentially channeling being an actual parent and you know the emotions behind that it would be interesting to ask kelsey you know what's it like not you know it'd be like me in in that position i don't have any children and so there is a different type of connection as you're trying to play this role of like did she seek any you know conversations with people who've lost children you know like i said total tangent on that but that is (laughs) i actually had that question on my list but it was one that i didn't get to but yeah because again (laughs) Yeah, a limited amount of time. If if you if you listen to this and you look at it really closely, you'll notice that I do not say your character lost a baby. I neither of them says that in the interview. One of the things that they were typing in this box was don't reference this directly because it's a spoiler. So uh, so I'm okay. like, okay, how do so I'm trying to adjust my question on the fly <laughs> in a way that doesn't directly say that. And that's part of why I felt like I was a little awkward, you know? Uh, well, um, and that would make sense. And it, it ended up a lot better than I thought it did. But I, in that moment, I thought, my God, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> Help reverse, paddle backwards, paddle backwards. And you'll notice she answers very, very carefully. And they, they if you could see the video, they look at each other and they're kind of gauging like, what can we say and not say here? Well, it, you, know, you can see it in their eyes, it you know. It is funny because in that interview, she does say, you know, you must have gotten more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. You're like, yeah. no, I'm just that in tune. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a fishing trip once again. <laughs> right, right. And so sticking, sticking with Kelsey, and I kind of just touched on this, you know, of, and you did too of that this season so far four episodes i mean she's this is very emotionally deep you know she's portraying a grieving mother who just lost a baby and so putting this in her words we're going to go to her interview of what she said about that challenge which is a weird way kind of satisfying um you know go going through what monica goes through i think you you really want to do that storyline justice, you know? Um, and also all of the really messy, human, complicated feelings that come with it, um, which I think Taylor does a really 
great job of of writing you know this this arc for her um and and and, and, and you know and also how, how she finds healing as well for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm definitely looking forward to see, like you had said earlier, you know, these first four episodes, you know, it's very dark and heavy and obviously she's grieving. I'm, I am looking forward to, though, you know, now that she said she's choosing life, hopefully we kind of get a little more, not to dismiss any of what just happened, but hopefully see a little bit more of just joy, I guess, um, is the best way to say it, to come back from her. But, you know, Sterling, what, and you've, you've done a lot of research on her, just having interviewed her, is her character of Monica similar to previous roles she's played in general as an actress? I wasn't that familiar with her before this. She was a teen actor, and yes. I haven't seen any of that work, that that kind of stuff. The first thing that I've seen that I was cognizant of was a Taylor Sheridan film called Wind River, which mm-hmm. is from the year before Yellowstone launched. And it, it features many of the same actors. And she plays a really principal role in that. And it's a really, really difficult dramatic role that she plays in that. And and she pulled that off really well. Hmm. So that's my only other real impression of her as an actor. But she did really, really well in that. Yeah, I did it right before we recorded this. I did a brief little, you know, skim through her previous roles. And yeah, when she when she was a a teen actor, yeah, she played on Sweet Life of Zack and Cody and stuff like that, where she was just in one episode. (laughs) And I truly was like, you know, I can only see her as Monica now. And I'm going, how? How? I can't even visualize that. She was just on one episode, but yeah, it's really yeah. strange. Yeah, yeah, I did see. I did never see Wind River, but I did see the clip that she. I think her her character's name is Natalie. Um, and yeah, what like you said, a definitely a, a heavier character. Like I don't see, I don't see Kelsey. Like my brain can't wrap it around of if she decided, you know, go into a Hallmark movie and you know play a lighthearted romance. <laughs> and I mean, same I, same goes with Wes Bentley and uh, Jamie, but <laughs> right. Well, you wonder to what degree these people are going to get pegged for the rest of their lives totally. as these characters, you know, like totally. five years from now, if she goes up for a sitcom, is somebody, <laughs> some casting director is going to be like, I'm not so sure about this, right. you know? Well, if Taylor yeah. Sheridan continues, you know, with his trajectory, she'll be fine because she'll just be kept in the franchise. So she might be, she might have her jig yeah, tied up for her, but uh, I'm going to pivot real quick to a moment uh, with Luke, who is who's actually, like I said in the beginning, he was sitting alongside Kelsey during the interview, and it was interesting to watch you, Sterling, because he stayed he stayed pretty quiet and let you know Kelsey do the talking. But you had asked him about Casey naming the baby, their baby that they lost, John. Do you think we've gotten a good explanation for that, or do you think the importance of the decision has been conveyed so far in season five? So much of what's between those two characters of Casey and John is kind of unspoken, you know? Um, it it tends to be more demonstrated through actions than words. Mm-hmm. And so we what we did see in this ap- episode that we just, uh, that just aired was 
it's as close to a big emotional moment as those people are are capable of coming. As far as John goes over and he says, you named him after me. You don't know what that means. He goes, I know what it means. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's about as big a, they're not going to hug it out, you know, right. that's right. about as big a moment as they're going to get from those particular pair of people. Well, here's Luke Grimes' thoughts on their decision to name the baby John Dutton and what it means big picture. <laughs> I think it's always kind of like the, they obviously have like a storied relationship, um, and, you know, and there's always seems to be these funny little moments where out of nowhere, like, for example, Casey's talking to that wolf and John finds him out there and he's walking back. He just the first time you ever heard him say it or have any sort of intimate anything, he says, I love you, Dad. And he goes in the tent. It's like, whoa, that's so powerful when you never see it coming and you don't see it a lot, you know. And I think, I think it's just another one of those little eggs of like of uh, Easter eggs of I, I do love you, and our relationship might be hard, and we might not understand each other, see eye to eye, but you are my father, and I do love you. And I think, um, you know, that that's that's why that was so powerful to me. You just don't see those moments coming. Sterling, what are the odds that Carter will tell Rip he loves him anytime soon? Extremely poor, I would say. Smiling as I ask that question. <laughs> yeah, I just don't see that. Again, that this is a, a, a group of people. Rip demonstrates his love for people by doing things for them, even if those things are, you know, throwing a guy off a cliff. Right, or right, something. right. Acts of service he, is his love. He language. demonstrates. <laughs> Right. That's exactly right. He's not going to, I guess he tells Beth he loves her, but you're not going to, for instance, I don't think we've ever seen him go to John and say, Hey, John, I I, I love you because you raised me. We're not going to see that. He's, he demonstrates that through his rock solid loyalty over decades, you know? And I think that'll be the thing with him and Carter too. At one point or another, they'll come to an understanding, but it's not going to be spoken, Hmm. you know? Yeah, so Carter won't necessarily say, hey, I love you, Rip. Or if he does it, yeah, it won't be a, well, I love you too, Carter. More, yeah, probably a, okay, we'll saddle the horse and let's go. Well, I mean, even the way he addresses him, and he says this in his interview, it's not, you know, it's a slow burn. He says he's not just going to say, come here, kid. <laughs> and he's, he's like, hey, we don't uh, we don't have more daylight in Tuesday. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Get the saddle on the horse. Right, right. <laughs> Well, going back to the, with with Cole Hauser uh, for two more questions, beginning with your question about if we'll see more of who Rip Wheeler is in season five, followed by your follow up to that of if we'll ever get his full story. I would say it's the opposite, more of who Beth really is and what she's gone through to get to the place that she is. And obviously us being married, you know, um, brings up a lot of emotions for her, I think, in the beginning of season five. And what you, you know, what you get from Rip is the same thing that he's always been, which is a rock for her, you know. Right, right. Do you think there'll ever be more of a revelation about his past? I mean, he really has been such a mystery figure. I mean, I feel like Taylor has done a a relatively good job of, you know, explaining kind of who he was, what he came from, the issues that he went through, you know, as a young man. And and then, you know, the only thing that's probably – he does go back in time uh, this season um, and explain some of it is really, you know, from, you know, 16 to 30 years old, what he was doing in that kind of, in that pocket of time. So, you know, look, 
Taylor's great at, at, at explaining that. You know, I think there's more to come, and I think it'll always be something that that is on his mind as a writer and as a storyteller. Sterling, do you and I and I have some thoughts on this as well. Do you agree that Taylor Sheridan has done a good job explaining who Rip is? We've seen the basic outline of how he came to be where he is, and we we certainly have some understanding of why he's got the 100% uh, loyalty that he has because, you know, mm-hmm. John Dutton pulled him out of an impossible situation and mm-hmm. it's a two-way street, the loyalty that they have. It's not a one-way street, you know. So in that regard, we do, but there's a giant chunk of time from his teens to the beginning of this show that we don't know anything about. And mm-hmm. Cole kind of hints that maybe we'll get some of those answers this year. So that's going to be interesting. And I, I agree with you. And I heard him say that. I was like, wait, I, I mean, I don't disagree that Taylor has done, you know, he definitely has set up kind of the outline of Rip. But yeah, like you said, I was like, there's still so many question marks I have that there's a big chunk of time in his life that we still don't know too much about, uh, which will be interesting, though, because it definitely right. sounds like we're going to see, which I had hoped that we would see kind of more backstory of Beth and why she is who she is today. Um, but yeah, it, it will be interesting to see as we've already seen a few flashbacks with young, with young little rip, but, uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see. I, I just, I, I need more is <laughs> is really what I'm trying to say here. Beth's I, I need character more. is, <laughs> Beth's character is really almost kind of emotionally unraveling like an onion in the first oh few gosh, episodes yes. of this season. You know what I mean? I mean, she. <laughs> On the one hand, she has this regretful dream and and is tearfully apologizing for the way that she's treated Rip in the past. And then there's a scene with her father where it brings up all of her conflict about her mother and her death and all of that. I mean, we're seeing her basically deconstructed and you start. And then the thing with Jamie and God gave you a boy and she completely flips out. We're seeing that a lot of her anger and aggression is just old pain that's been misdirected mm-hmm. you know and i think that's kind of where we're going with this with this thing yeah and and seeing where that pain yeah where that kind of our answering of where that pain originated from hopefully mm-hmm. get a better understanding but yeah poor poor best she's unraveling like you said like an onion and at at some point how do you how do you coil backwards i don't know <laughs> definitely i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks, Sterling. As always, you guys can email staff at tasteofcountry.com with any comments, suggestions, thoughts. Definitely, we will have more of these interviews headed your way. Sterling Whitaker is the go-to for all of our cast interviews. He's going to be, you know, before we know it, you're going to be having Thanksgiving dinner with them, Sterling. (laughs) The whole cast of Yellowstone. But we will be, like I said, returning very soon with more cast interviews from the stars of Yellowstone and 1923 coming next Thursday. An interview with John M. Tracy, who plays Ellis Steele, the lawyer for Market market Equities. But I'd like to finish with efficient and vosphorous Kohlhauser, who kind of, he definitely drops the mic on this interview with Sterling. Thanks, Sterling, (laughs) for hanging with us. (laughs) Thank you. Loyalty is obviously one of Rip's biggest strengths, particularly, well, his loyalty to everybody, especially with John. Yeah. Can you ever see anything that John could do that could ever shake that loyalty? No. No. Yeah. 
Very good. As far as some of the physicality of the role, your character is a tough guy. Um, are you a tough guy in person and out in your real life? Uh, I don't know. You'd have to ask my wife and my kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sterling Whitaker, writer for Taste of Country and the man tasked with trying to make Rip Wheeler smile. Some tasks, well, they're easier than others. <laughs> Thanks, Sterling. I'm Addison Hager, and thank you for helping to make Dutton Rules a Yellowstone 1923 podcast the top unofficial Yellowstone breakdown podcast. More interviews with stars like Breck and Merrill and John Emmett Tracy are coming very soon. Hit the archives for a lengthy conversation with Ryan Bingham and more. Dutton Rules is written by myself and Billy Dukes with the help from Sterling Whitaker and produced by Billy Dukes. Before you go, please leave a five-star rating and review and press follow. As always, Dutton Rules, a Yellowstone 1923 podcast, is another great Townsquare Media podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.